when I went to Godwin's party, you mm. left or this happened. But I was there and I was talking to Godwin and this girl came up and she was like, what's your name again? I was like, hi, I'm Asia. Oh, I thought your name was like Teresa. Like, and then she's like, stop talking. And I was like, like the other black girl that was here. And she was like, oh God, honey, don't do that. That's not cute. I'm from New York. <gasps> she's like, just don't do that. And she like went over and told all her friends in a really loud voice and all her friends just laughed at her. Oh, Teresa, that other black person you've ever seen before? <laughs> like the other black person that was at the party. You need wow. to get over my racism. <laughs> I'm from a place that people associate as being cosmopolitan and worldly. <laughs> I've seen five black people. Give me a prize. Here, here. It's that studio apartment. Two people sit on a couch, talking into microphones. One of them is Mr. Seth Pearson. His Mr.? I, I do insist on being yes. a Mr. whenever I'm written into scripts. Mr. Seth Pearson. His pet project, by that I mean, has slowly overriding his life. His friend at his side. They discuss current events. Seth. Performing the role of Seth tonight will be Seth. <laughs> Performing the role of Asia. Is Asia. She's right here. Hey. And this is a podcast called By That I Mean. And as Asia so eloquently set up in her scripted introduction, we are indeed inside a studio apartment. Discussion. Uh, discussion. <laughs> discussion. We are discussers of all the most important and pertinent subjects, the most relevant and irrelevant people, and the most ham handed. <laughs> Of segues. Tracy Morgan. Oh, God. Has apologized for, and thus confirmed, the anti-gay meltdown he had in Nashville on stage at the Ryman Auditorium. This is an article from the website Truth Wins Out, truthwinsout.org. Um, here's his apology. I want to apologize to my fans in the gay and lesbian community for my choice of words at my recent stand-up act in Nashville. I'm not a hateful person and don't condone any kind of violence against others. While I am an equal opportunity jokester and my friends know what is in my heart, even in a comedy club, this clearly went too far and was not funny in any context. This website, Truth Wins Out, that this article is from, kind of started to make this viral almost immediately after it happened. A guy posted an account of the stand-up show and a bunch of GLBT websites kind of picked it up. Oh, he said horrible things. The guy who posted this initial story on Facebook is named Kevin Rogers. Um, and he wrote the following. I figured at some point the gay jokes would fly and I'm well prepared for a good ribbing of straight gay humor. I have very thick skin when it comes to humor I condition I can take. What I can't take is when Mr. Morgan took it upon himself to mention how he feels all this gay shit was crazy and that women are a gift from God and that born this way is bullshit. Gay is a choice. And the reason he knows this is exactly because God don't make no mistakes. Referring to God not making someone gay because that wouldn't be a mistake. Perhaps most strikingly, Rogers wrote that Morgan said, he said if his son was gay, he better come home and talk to him like a man and not he mimicked, uh, then he mimicked a gay, high-pitched voice, or he would pull out a knife and stab that little N-word to death. And then he went on. He took time to visit the bullshit of this bullying stuff 
and inform us that the gays needed to quit being pussies and not be whining about something as insignificant as bullying. He mentioned that gay was something kids learn from the media and programming and that bullied kids should just bust some ass and beat those other little fuckers that bully them, not whine about it. Tracy then said he didn't fucking care if he pissed off some gays because if they can take a fucking dick up their ass, they can take a fucking joke. My first response is that I'm not personally offended by it because I know he's a stand-up, but for every kid across the country who is considering taking his own life right now because he's being bullied for being gay, I am completely outraged. And it's not often that I'm outraged about the children because although they are our future, we are our present. (laughs) The subject of bullying really hit a very raw nerve for me and things revolving around parents being approving or murderous. I mean, if we can't get behind that. There are two things in Tracy Morgan's rant that I did agree with, I will say. First of all, Born This Way is bullshit. Also completely agreed. And I think this is a valid point to make on a comedy stage. Yes. Second of all, God, do not make no mistakes. Wait, I'm sorry. As a white person, I have to pause to ask, were you telling God not to make mistakes or pointing out that actually God does not make mistakes? Was it an observation or imperative? A command. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it was an observation. Okay. We've cleared it up. Yes. God, don't make no mistakes. That's true. However, being gay is not a choice because no one would ever choose to get bullied to death. It makes me worry even more for the millions of kids and also the millions of adults in this country who literally are trying to turn it off who really honestly either because of the discrimination they face in whatever small town they never left or whatever lie they have had to live in order to hold up what they've been told is the life that they're supposed to have are not driven to death by bullying but rather driven to destroy their own authentic selves as much as I love his character, I I would have a hard time laughing at anything he ever does ever again. I did, like, adore 30 Rock, and... I do adore 30 Rock. And, and I believe comics should be able to go to whatever extreme they want to go to in pursuit of the truth and the pursuit of comedy. But not only was that just unfunny comedy, it was so much more inflammatory in terms of the negative repercussions it could have for people in red America. And this was in, I believe, Tennessee. If you've ever seen any of Tracy Morgan's comedy, which I have seen like two specials of his. Always. It's always horrible. Like he's not a good stand-up comedian. I I think you've actually hit on the deeper truth here, (laughs) which is that he's a very good performer. He's just a horrible stand-up comedian. He's just not a very good stand-up. And I think that he's a good performer because he is so crazy. But that's yes. also why that also is what hinders his stand-up performing abilities. Because yes. you, he's, he's saying he's like talks shit about women. He oh, talks shit yeah. about well, he's talked shit at women I know. Yeah, I mean, I just think he should have stuck to performing on Thirty Rock. I did read Tina Fey's statement. It was a perfect response to a much more innocent comment. Some imaginary version of the comment that wasn't actually this the tirade he went on. I felt like that would have been a perfect response if he had just said, like, that's gay or something as a punchline in a joke. 
not for saying he would literally stab his kid to death if he found out if his kid was gay. That's not actually what he said. He did not say that he would stab his kid to death if he found out who was gay. He said that if his kid came home to him and after saying that he was gay and was trying to talk in a girly voice and did not talk in a man voice, then he would stab his kid to death. Which is still, like, it's, it's, it's a line and it's like a shaky line. So as long as he's a butch gay, as long as he's a top or a bear, <laughs> then he will not get stabbed yes. to death by his own father. Do you think he should stay on 30 Rock? And what other steps do you think he should take? This is not a free speech issue. This is not. This is, a, this is an issue of consumerism. Right. It's not a free speech issue. It's an issue of consumerism. It's a corporate decision. 30 Rock is a product. People buy said product. If you disagree with like the way the company handles said product, then you can boycott it. Because that's not a free speech issue. That's a you spending your dollars or spending your time investing in something that is offensive to you, which you shouldn't have to do. Um, however, he didn't say it in the platform of 30 Rock. He said it on his own. That's like, that's, so that's like where it could confuse because he said it on his own. That had nothing to do with 30 Rock. But what does have to do with 30 Rock is whether or not advertisers are willing to underwrite its airtime. If he becomes a liability in terms of PR, that will mean that advertisers will be less willing to advertise during 30 Rock. We'll see how it bears out in the rest of society as a whole. And if... It becomes a kind of mainstream thing, like I would say Mel Gibson became like Michael Richards was after he went on his tirade, rightfully so. But for me, there is a line between comedy and hatred that you can use hatred in the service of comedy and you can certainly use comedy in the service of a hateful agenda but there's a line past which you're not really being funny anymore you're just being hateful part of that is reading into someone's soul which is always a really dangerous thing because we can never fully know exactly what another person is feeling Mm -hmm. but with such a prominent place in America's pop culture. And this is the only way I would ever watch 30 Rock again, if they kept Tracy Morgan on, which it sounds like they are from Tina Fey and... It sounds Bob. like they are. Like, Tracy Morgan would have to undergo sensitivity training. He'd like to make the rounds at certain GLBT events, give contributions to GLBT causes. Honestly, if Tracy Morgan is the Grand Marshal at next year's Pride Parade, I might actually go. Yeah, that's true. It's killing me because... I don't love Tracy Morgan, but I do love 30 Rock. I love Tracy Jordan. Yeah, I love Tracy Jordan. (laughs) And his character didn't say it, but still. It's true. Like, if I found out the leader of another show I love, let's say True Blood, say Alan Ball, was a KKK member secretly, and it just came out. What if Anna Paquin was a Nazi, you guys? I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. Or if they, like, called for, you know, anybody, like, if their daughters brought home a black person, they would stab them both to death. If it were a gay person on a show with the with the prominence of 30 Rock. Isaiah Washington, did, did he get fired, fired he from fired Grey's Anatomy? He got fired from Grey's Anatomy for using the word faggot. The, the F word. Now, was that on set or was that in his private life? No, it was on set. Like, they were having a fight. He was having a fight oh, with the George okay. character on set, and then he called him that. But the thing is, he didn't get fired at first until the story came out. And that's when um, Catherine Heigl was like, 
Yeah, he said he was sorry for like calling the dude an F word, but he didn't mean it because like he did it in front of all of us. And she was sticking up for her friend. One of the stars of the show, Cheyenne Jackson, who just came on board, I think this last season, has already released a statement in response to the Tracy Morgan rant. Cheyenne Jackson is gay. And he says, I am disgusted and appalled by Tracy Morgan's homophobic rant. The devastating repercussions of hate-filled language manifest in very real ways for today's LGBTQ youth. It's, that's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and questioning, or queer. Actually, um, they got rid of queer. I've known Tracy, and I want to believe that this behavior is not at the core of who he is. I'm incredibly disappointed by his actions and hope that his apology is sincere. So, I mean, yeah, his rant has no direct impact on me, but certainly does have an impact on the people that he has to work with who happen to be gay or who have gay friends or are related to gay people. Could you imagine having to work with that? Again, to do it in such a blatantly vile way would make it really difficult to see them eye to eye and to feel safe enough to take risks in performing with them and creating with them, which is what they have to do. Well, I mean, it definitely could have been avoided if Tracy Morgan hadn't opened his dumb Tracy Morgan mouth and maybe opened his funny Tracy Jordan mouth. Did he leave that mouth at home? I think he did. He needs to take it on the road. He does. So we started recording on the 12th last Sunday. Today's the 15th. And the Tracy Morgan story has exploded across the airwaves, the water coolers, and also Facebooks. Especially on Facebooks. And also the mind of some unreasonable Americans. What are, what are the newest details? He had one apology letter that he sent out, and then he sent out a second apology letter that said, don't defend me. I don't deserve defending. It said that he really thought about his actions and how they would affect some, some kids, and that was never his intention. Uh, he said that he needed to think of some funny shit to say because obviously what he was working on was not funny. Um, He said that his dad died of AIDS in 1987, but wasn't gay, but people thought he was gay. So he understands what it feels like to be ostracized because of sexuality. He also said that um, the greatest sickness in America today is homophobia. Yeah, and I also read his first letter, and I thought the first letter was very canned-sounding. Yes. It sounded like it was drafted by his publicist or his lawyer. But I have heard more personal apologies since then. Like, the the one that you cited was, was pretty well-considered, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, he also said that if somebody wants to bully a young gay kid, that they should go see him in, on the set of 30 Rock or in Brooklyn if they can't make it to Manhattan. He went back to Tennessee, is now apologizing to everybody that was in the audience during a show. He's on the Trail of Contrition. He's on the apology tour. Yes. He is going to different GLBT events and is volunteering his time and talking to kids whose families kick them out because of their sexuality. Um, And I think that's everything. The only additional reaction I've had to it is that a lot of my friends suggested that stand-up comics who say any kind of racial or gender or sexual orientation or any kind of joke based on any kind of quality of a person need to just be ruined and chastised and driven out. To me, the lesson of the Tracy Morgan thing is to be funny 
and to use the kind of coarse language or slurs or whatever you're doing to illuminate deeper truths. Um, because like as a, as a gay writer, especially one who does a lot of comedy, self-censoring um, is way more scary and dangerous to me than crossing the line, you know, or, or bombing on stage. Um, and if I don't feel free to express myself, then no matter what the circumstances, I'm not going to be given the freedom that gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender people and all Americans have. As disgusting as his language is, that doesn't mean that comedians shouldn't try to go as far as they can to get a laugh. But if you're going to do it, fucking ma- actually make people laugh. Yeah, be funny. Don't be dumb. Exactly. That was just dumb. It really was. And sometimes the dumb joke is like the best joke in that moment. Just no. Comedians think about their jokes and they write them down and they take time to write them and rewrite them. That's where you landed? It's their job. And everyone occasionally does a bad job and has a bad night. And of course, comedians are going to bomb on stage sometimes. But... To do it in the place that it was done and just the total lack of a joke behind the behind the kind of performance. Yeah, I don't really understand the punchline. Was it, if you can take a dick, you can take a joke? Was I that guess. the punchline? That was the closest, yeah, that was kind of, I think that was kind of like the payoff to the whole bit. I can take a dick. I can also take a joke, but I take funny jokes. I don't take unfunny and, jokes. And I, I don't take funny dicks. No, God. <laughs> ah. John Stossel used to be on the ABC equivalent of Dateline NBC, and he presented himself as the kind of Andy Rooney of that show, like the curmudgeonly reactionary conservative who hated everything modern. And uh, I believe his big segment was called the fleecing of America about how government is always doing awful things that hurt businessmen. And plus he has a mustache. Those are basically his main selling points. And now he has a show on what I believe is the most powerful performance art experiment ever devised Fox news channel. He's got a program and uses it to pontificate the same pro-business horseshit talking points that all the other Fox News people do. He had a segment on his show featuring one of the many lunatics that's trying to become the Republican nominee for president in 2012, uh, a guy named Gary Johnson. Can you explain more about Gary Johnson? Also, additionally, don't feel bad if you didn't know who John Stossel was, because I didn't know until Seth told me. Because I don't actually watch the Fox News Network. And not because of the fact that I think it is a not-so-powerful performance arts piece. More so the fact that if I watch it, I'm going to cry tears of blood. It's true. If you've seen me watch it, you know that that's true. Uh, John Stossel. Mustache of conventional right-wing mm. wisdom. He kind of looks like Geraldo. He's the Kmart of Geraldos. Um, he's the Geraldo you go to when even Geraldo says no. And Geraldo never says no. I like my news with a little bit less propaganda. Mm. So you watch no news channels is what you're saying. I watch The Daily Show and um, I read the newspapers and I can tell you which newspapers I read. You are more qualified for president than Sarah Palin. <laughs> but I'm less qualified than you. But I probably want the power less. 
I do like power, but I would be in it for the wrong reasons. Gary Johnson <laughs> is seeking the Republican presidential nomination for 2012. <laughs> you were just under a, under a platform that is literally nothing but the opposite of what President Obama wants to do. But the one reason he's gained any traction with anyone is because he also wants to legalize pot, which obviously happens to be the opposite of President Obama's stand on drug policy. Rather than, you know, gaining a kind of audience and a grassroots coalition that can gather up the momentum necessary to really put him in a national spotlight, Gary Johnson goes on John Stossel's show and sucks on his mustache for a while and is put in a fake TV debate, as we know all TV debates are, when you have nothing but sound bites, you're not really debating, you're just throwing up your talking points. Gary Johnson has a fake debate against a President Obama impersonator, an actor. Was he definitively black? I think that he was black. However, he was a lot lighter skinned than they made him out to be. So he's probably like half black and maybe half Lebanese. I'm just going to throw that out there, I guess. Wow. I think he's half black. But he's clearly, the makeup job they've done on him to prepare him for this debate to look, quote unquote, more like Obama, definitely has the effect also of making him look more black. No, like more like he is in blackface. I will invite you all to submit yourselves to the same horror show we experienced and watch this for yourself. But beyond just the kind of silliness of having a fake, fake debate, interviewing a faked version of a person and literally putting words in his mouth in the structure of a fake TV debate. Kind of the essence of Fox News all boiled down into a six-minute segment. And it's no more than, I would say, any interview from Lana or Letterman is, any late-night host who just kind of sets up a generic sentence saying, oh, I think the healthcare law is a good idea. We need to have healthcare as a right. And then Gary Johnson goes off on his talking points, which are the precise mathematical opposite of everything Obama supports. He is against our wars because Obama is for those wars. He's against the healthcare law because Obama was the driving force behind getting that passed. He's against the stimulus because Obama got it passed. And of course, it's not as though this man has any kind of chance of winning the nomination. He, You're not allowed to be a Republican and be against wars, but it is rather surprising that the quote-unquote candidate himself is so willing to stoop to that level this early on. I have three things to say. First of all, I'm not even completely convinced that he won the debate. Even putting words in Obama's mouth, fake Obama still won the debate. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He was like, we made a promise to American citizens that we would give people health care. Almost all the things Gary Johnson is against are things that Republicans used to be for until Obama was doing them. The health care plan he enacted was a modified version of what Mitt Romney passed in Massachusetts, and also a lot like what the Republicans posed to go against uh, Clinton's health care proposal. The stimulus was the direct government spending that Republicans of many generations up until now were very, very much for. Obviously, Republicans have never met a war that they didn't like until it was one waged by a Democrat. Um, And finally, even cap and trade that's now characterized as cap and tax and has no chance of ever passing was the Republican idea to tackle climate change. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's sad that the one 
Republican who's willing on a national stage to go out and argue against America waging wars in foreign countries and argue against our failed horrific drug war is a guy who's operating purely out of that same kind of reactionary spite against a member of the Democratic team and not someone who's actually a principled person who sees the flaws in where our country's gone. Number two, I feel like this person does not have a chance in hell. Exactly. Um, and that's the only reason why he can say the stuff he says. No, because of the fact that he went on John Stossel's show. He didn't go on any of the big Fox News people shows like Bill O'Reilly or... Megan Kelly. Yeah, that one. Or that or Greta... Or Fox and Friends. Greta Sustainer. That bitch. He wasn't on those. He was on John Stossel's show. He probably has like a three to four like... The compete- He's probably like competing against Maury Povich. My number three one was how is that okay to do? It's okay because in a debate with the real Obama, he would immediately have very relevant grounds to point out that the person who's debating against him is A, too afraid to stand for his positions against the real thing, and B, creating all of those positions solely to be contrarian and reactionary and solely to go against a Democratic president who has spent most of his first term adopting Republican and conservative policies. Because the real President Obama would completely decimate Gary Johnson in a debate. What I don't understand is like, but how can somebody that's trying to run for president have a fake debate with somebody? Like, how is that okay? How do people in the audience go like, yeah, this is a good idea? Because Asia, all black men are exactly the same. They're all interchangeable. Don't you realize this? Oh. (laughs) No! Don't rape my mic. (laughs) You're so afraid. I love it. Asia threatened mic rape. To be clear, (laughs) I said mic rape, not my rape. I've got a guest over. Mic rape. He's got an unfortunate last name, but I want us to make him feel like he's at home. Because when you take rape into your home, you want him to feel welcome. Back in the day, people's names would be like what they did. So a Coleman would be a person that made coal. A Pearson would be someone that pierced holes in people. With swords. (laughs) What I'm saying is Mike Rape comes from a long line of rapists. To me, that would be the name he got at Ellis Island after he was raped on the boat over to Ellis Island. (laughs) Mike Ulyanov will now be known as Mike Rape. And welcome to America. Get out of here, Rape. We don't like your kind here. Oh, the rapes are not going to be very happy about this episode. You know what? I am not afraid to piss off the rapes of this nation. If I have to poke the rapes of this country in the side... (laughs) Until it's begging me to stop, but I will never stop. Nope. I'm going to get you, rape. I will just keep coming in the air tonight. Maybe what that song is really about is that it's coming in the air tonight, and then in the morning is when it's going to land on your face. Ugh. There's a host of a show on Fox Business Channel who claimed that the president was hosting hoodlums in the his house. Uh, Obama was hosting Ali Bongo on Dimba, president of Gabon, by saying, guess who's coming to dinner? A dictator. Mr. Obama shares a laugh with one of Africa's kleptocrats. It's not the first time he's had a hoodlum in the his house. In a subsequent tease, and this is all taken from Media Matters, 
Bowling said smile for the birdie, while footage of a smiling bongo with a flashing tooth, apparently made to resemble a gold-plated tooth, was shown on air. Bowling continued, Our president's sitting with one of Africa's most wanted. It's not the first time he's had a hood in the big crib. Footage of rapper Common appeared on air as Bowling spoke. Bowling began the actual segment by saying, So what's with all the hoods in the hizzy? And this was on Fox Business, um, the show Follow the Money, on June 10th. Wow. He made an apology, quote-unquote. This was a follow-up from the 14th. Bowling's 14-second apology. Again, the man talking about the crib, the big crib, and the hoods and hizzy. His 14-second apology falsely suggested that he and his guests simply got a little fast and loose with the language. In fact, some of the most racially inflammatory language Bowling used on his Friday show was in the two teases for the segment, both of which were apparently scripted and accompanied by equally inflammatory images. So, uh, basically, fuck Fox? I love how you, like, questioned that. Yes, definitely fuck Fox. Um, at least fuck Fox News and Fox Business and Eric Bowling. And Glenn Beck. Also Glenn Beck for good measure. <laughs> yeah, just sort of a Because it's been a little while since we've said fuck Glenn Beck. And Bill O'Reilly. Fuck, fuck, fuck Bill O'Reilly. Mmm, triple fuck. Yeah. I like that multiplier effect. Thank you. Well, that was another episode of By That I Mean. You can tweet me at MFPSeth. You can not tweet me at any other Twitter name. You can also not tweet Asia anywhere. (laughs) You can, but it's not my name. Thank you, Asia and the Ting Tings. (laughs) Oh, I had a question. What's your question? Has anyone out there actually learned what Seth means by that? I'm not even sure what I mean by that. Well, if somebody figures it out, please let me know, because... Yeah, if anyone out there actually figures it the fuck out and, and like, decodes it, would you please inform us? Twat him. No twatting.